0: Dual wireless charging pads, so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the This Week Podcast. I'm your host, Trista Crick. I am here with the esteemed Andy Lou. Sam S. Vindiari. we are talking about one thing and one thing only, and it is the demise of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, <laughs> there's been very overt uh, conversations and directives from the three stars in Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry and Draymond Green to win right the fuck now. To win right now, move your pieces. We don't want any more young boys. Get rid of these young boys that we can't play with. And then draft night comes and we see Modi Musas and, <laughs> and oh boy, and Jonathan Kaminga. So to me, my perspective is that the whole win now thing is out the window and that it's time to send unsound the alarm bells because I am a pessimistic uh, cynic so I wanted you two to come on uh, for a very special episode where we just talk about this and you guys give me the real perspective on what the fuck is going on in the Bay whoever wants to start uh, can get into it because it feels like to me that since Jerry West left things have been really going off the rails fast and uh, is exposing a lot of incompetence from ownership all the way down. Um, help me. Help me here.
1: Well, so I, I feel like the Lake of interview was it finally pulling the curtain back at like what people had been seeing for like the last decade, which is it's not just Jerry West. It's Travis Schlenk. Yep. Uh, Atlanta GM. A lot of people have left the Warriors and um The owner has taken a more active role in basketball ops. Uh, Talent
0: evaluation as well. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just full, full Al Davis, full Jerry Jones action going on here. Where it's, and in the past, the Warriors would do the thing where it's like, well, we have Jerry West, we have Bob Myers, we have Travis Schlank, and we work together as a group, and I'm just there to kind of help them. To now, it's, I have my own big board and this is who we're scouting. So it's like, I I appreciated that interview just because it was like, we're we're no longer like pretending the facade of this thing where he's not involved in basketball ops is happening.
0: Yeah. That, that Joe Lacob one-on-one with the athletic to me was like, okay, everything that we thought was happening with them in terms of where they were heading and what their mindset was, which is like, We're going to try to win sort of now, but we're really planning for the future because we don't think we really can win now, Um, which is actually impossible to accomplish is to plan for the future and win now. I think that there's never been a team that's been able to do that. Um, And if you can think of one in the NBA community, please let me know. Uh, It does. It does feel to me like, Andy, it's just kind of they're they're not even going to be close to contending.
2: I can't imagine if you're Steph Curry and you're Draymond Green listening to that, that you walked away with a smile on your face and said, yes, <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait to be the uh, the kindergarten teacher to these 19-year-olds, which I think if you ask Sam and I, as Warriors fans, we are excited about the three guys that they've drafted in the last two years. Wiseman, Moody, uh, and Kaminga, we think are going to be fantastic basketball players in five years like that that's that's kind of the thing if you ask us we're happy about it but you know you you want those three guys to be Steph Draymond and Clay that's what you want in a best case scenario you want those three guys to be who the three guys the Warriors have today so the question becomes why why does Joe Lacob feel like he has to do that now versus kind of punting toward that to the future I, I I don't know um I think part of it is that he feels like he brought the three championships to the Warriors. He feels like he has a big hand in that more so than Steph Curry, more so than some of the players. I think that gets his ego or anybody's ego to a level where he feels like he starts to have these um, grand illusions about where he wants the franchise to be at. Here's the thing, Joe Lacob, as far as I'm concerned, and I tell this to Sam as a joke, but it's not really that jokish anymore. He knows as much basketball as us three right here. Cause he's never played. He's never coached. He's never been in really any situation where he's had to do this in his life. Um, and now we're sitting there and he's telling us that he thinks Jonathan Kaminga should be the pick at seven. Honestly, could be right. I think it probably is. But what does that tell you that he's a guy that's making that decision?
0: Probably not great. The funny, probably not- the funniest thing to me is that, and I would love to get your perspective on this is like, how delusional are you when you say no one at all, no one knew what Sam Presti was going to do at six. Like everybody <laughs> was were wondering what he was going to be up to. But I personally, me Joe Lacob, I just had a
1: feeling that they were going to
0: go get Josh Giddey. But
1: didn't it? Doesn't it sound like a Trump press conference? It, the whole <laughs> like, interview. It's like nobody, nobody <laughs> knew except for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, we love when he when he said this to we all we the warriors and how we develop guys and how we look at guys is like we love wingspans. As you know, and I was like, am I reading Donald Trump talk about basketball right now? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on?
1: So I'll provide one counter perspective, and I don't even know if I buy my counter perspective. But what if this is all for show? Because everyone Thinks the Warriors are desperate to make a trade. Um, and they're in kind of that situation the Celtics were in where like everyone knew they wanted to make a trade and everyone was trying to rip them off. And then, as we know, Danny Ainge never made a trade. And, you know, that kind of went sideways. What if this is Joe Lacob trying to
0: play possum? Control...
1: Yeah, control the narrative, act like a crazy person to the point where we're all sitting here going, like, I think he's serious. I think he's okay with Steph leaving as long as he gets to develop his guys. So that maybe. They don't have to trade four bazillion picks to get X player who might help them.
0: To me, it feels like Jerry Reinsdorf is Joe Lacob and Bob Myers is Jerry Krause. And this is now the end of the Chicago Bulls era. They want to run it back, but these guys don't want to run it back. And they're basically saying, leave if you want, because we're starting a new era and it starts Right now.
2: Yeah, I think there's a part of it. Now, I think the difference is that if there is a trade on the table in terms of a superstar, the Warriors are going to do it. If you tell them that Bradley Beal is on the table, they'll do it or Giannis. The problem is that you can't just those guys don't want to go anywhere. Like Bradley Beal apparently loves losing. So he's just (laughs) going to stay in Washington, right? Like he's not going anywhere. Now, the question becomes, then, are you willing to trade those picks or Andrew Wiggins for kind of other role players. And I don't think the Warriors are trying to do that. So when you're a contending team, sometimes you have to take those risks and say, we're going to trade the number 14 pick for a vet, a
1: vet that's maybe not that great. That's not going to, it's not an all-star, but it's like objectively going to help you win basketball. games." But what
0: about Pascal Siakam? All I heard was that Pascal Siakam wanted to go to the Bay. And if you're trading those picks, for Pascal Siakam and you send Andrew Wiggins back north of the border. <laughs> like, why doesn't that help you get closer to a championship?
2: See, I, think I mean, I think them, it does. I agree. Right. I think I agree. I, I think to them in that scenario, they do Wiggins and like a pick, but here's the thing. They wouldn't do it for Wiseman. What and the, that's kind of why, good-
0: <laughs> why? Why are the they so high on him? His right. n- his meniscus is
1: We love wingspan in the bay, Trista. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all about he he's treating these guys like they're fucking horses. And it's like that's not how basketball works. It's not just measurables. Everybody has measurables. Like Andrew Wiseman to me does not have the mindset right now of an elite dog that's gonna be a star in this league. Why right. is he so attached to Andrew Wiggins? I mean, not to to James Wiseman.
1: Well, you could say for both, to be honest. Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say that kind of works for both, actually. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, I personally agree with you. Like, I I understand the excitement over a high lottery pick, and like we all know on draft night, everyone's comp is like X Hall of Famer or Y Hall of Famer, right? Like everyone's going to be the next David Robinson or Hakeem or whatever, and then you watch them play and you realize that's there's a reason those guys are Hall of Famers and not everyone is. I I don't know. That's like, like, to me, that's the, that's the question. They seem so much higher on their assets than anyone else. It feels, I keep going back to it. It feels like the Celtics where it was like, everyone heard about how they, you know, had all these picks to make all these trades and they were going to be a super team as soon as Danny age did it. And like five years passes and they don't do anything because they're super obsessed with their own picks and everything the whole way down the line. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of comes back to, and we're not
2: spending this time talking about Alan Smiley-Geach. Nobody knows who (laughs) Alan Smiley-Geach is outside of the Bay Area, but the Warriors spent three years of time, commitment, and resources to try to develop a guy that really, it took you 30 seconds to watch him and realize he wasn't going to ever play in the NBA. And I'm not saying that's James Wiseman, but I think the the, over-evaluation of the players that you have comes back to, Joe Lacob wanted Wiseman. You know, the Lacobs wanted Smiley. And when it comes down to those guys making decisions, they're not just gonna say, hey, oh man, it's gonna some cost. Let's move it. Or in the Wiseman case, like I would do Wigan Wiseman and a pick for Pascal Siakam. I don't think that the Warriors are ever gonna do that or even come close to doing that because they value their guys a lot higher than really, I think most player most teams in the NBA.
0: I just don't know what to say about that. That's very concerning to me. <laughs> How can I mean what is gonna happen with Steph? Because at this point he's he's a very smart human being, like I know he's kind of caught between this is gonna be all about me, it's gonna be the Steph Show and the Splash Brothers are back and yada, yada yada, and that's great for the brand, but like if he actually wants to win another title, like he's gotta know that's not going to happen ever again on this on this franchise,
1: yeah, and I think the curious thing is we've heard nothing from him. You notice none of the warrior core players congratulated like Kuminga or no Boz, one. like, I don't, I, I don't know how much you should read into that. Other than like Steph Some. tends to always tends to always like tweet or, you know, you know, welcome to guy the ever team, right. Nicest that type Nicest of thing
2: in, the, in sports.
1: Yeah. It feels like there's a little bit of a holding pattern. I, I think, uh, I would assume that those Joe Lacob quotes were at best, at best got an eye roll out of like Steph and Draymond and at worst got like actual anger. And I, I don't, I don't know that they're definitely sitting back and waiting, but if you think like Steph Draymond and Claire are going to be cool with like them rolling out last year's roster, but with like different kids, just the same concept. Uh, and I think Nick it's-
0: Batum. And then that's yeah, it. Exactly.
1: Hey, sh- hey, shout out Nick Batum, though. That's a good player. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I just don't think it gets you. Like, are they in a group chat? Like, did you see this motherfucker, Lakob? Like, <laughs> did you see this fucking, these fucking quotes? What I mean, is this?
2: Draymond does Draymond does subtweet or, I guess, sub-post on, on IG story uh, about some of the quotes that Lakeup has had in the past. So I can see that happening. Now, I also think part of that, kind of conspiracy-wise, to Sam's point, that Steph hasn't said anything is that maybe they're talking trade right now with those guys that they drafted. Maybe they couldn't get something done on draft night. Maybe they drafted Kaminga at seven, because that's kind of the guy with the highest upside at seven. If you're a team, like, I don't know if you're, if you're any team, right. That, that, that says um, we're going to trade guys, but you're looking at a guy who, you know, maybe you're rebuilding and you need a lot of talent. Wouldn't Kaminga be the guy that you want to trade for at seven. It wouldn't be Franz Wagner. I don't think. I don't think so. Maybe Steph is sitting there and saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to say. You know, I'm not going to congratulate these guys for being on the team. Man, they might not be on the team in two weeks. Maybe the Warriors can still trade those guys. That's a rare scenario. But maybe those guys are still going and getting out of there. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's definitely not a good sign.
0: Tell me this: Is there a scenario we see a Damian Lillard type like discontent? Not sure what's going to happen. We see he's got 4 years left on his deal and he's still not quote unquote committed to my team long term. He's waiting for the moves that they make and has made it perfectly clear this is not good enough. Is there a scenario that Steph, as good of a guy that he is, does the same thing?
1: He hasn't signed an extension yet. No. This is not. the this is the last year of his contract. Um he's not one to like, you know, talk publicly on those sort of things. He just kind of plays like the good soldier, but it is curious. We've heard nothing from him like this whole time. The only time he spoke was at the, um, the golf tournament up in Tahoe. And it was, it was a classic Steph non-answer where he was just like, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of balls in the air. Uh, we're obviously going to make moves in free agency, but basically insinuating that, you know, they need to add more talent to the team. So yeah, I'm curious. That is a lot of
2: money that look, he's probably signing the extension, right? I think the, I think everybody kind of on both sides knows he will, but, uh, cause it's a lot of money he'd have to turn down if he doesn't, it's just, I don't even know, Sam, you probably know what the actual amount is. 50 million, 60, 70. I don't know what it is. An incredible amount, but the fact that he's not signed it yet is actually interesting. And who's to say
0: it could be a sign, sign it, trade.
2: It, I mean, a good. I mean, but you're saying what Lillard is that he signed the contract and a year later he's saying, "Well, I don't know." There's and, and he's you,
0: about to start that contract now. There's four years yeah. and it's just beginning, and he's yeah. like, "I'm not sure."
2: Yeah, I mean, that's and which is a fair point if if I think Lakeup goes down this route. But I am with Sam
1: a little bit. Some of this is showmanship with with, with Joe. He he's is always a, uh, he's yeah. always been a uh, braggadocious salesman. Like that's just what venture capitalists do. That exactly. Is, that is correct. Exactly. Yeah. Is there nothing more venture capital than trying to sell you on the future when what you're looking at in front of you, you're like, I don't know about that guy. Like, <laughs> that's the most VC thing of all time. You want Series D? <laughs> for,
2: <laughs> for what? You guys aren't even profitable. Actually, so you could still do that. But yes, point <laughs> remains.
0: Yeah, the whole concept of a venture capitalist is like, let me sell you on a potential dream that is nowhere close to coming to fruition yet and most likely will not so that you can give me more time to gather more assets to manifest this into existence
1: yeah um, a boat's a boat but the mr box could be anything <laughs>
0: that's
1: where we're going here could be, could be bo- it could be another boat it could be another boat.
2: like you can warriors fans i mean you can sell me on Kamingo, wiseman and, and and moody that's the thing like, you can actually sell me on that. But the problem is that you've already had a company that IPO'd and has been extremely profitable. And now is leaking oil. Like, that's the problem is that you still have a top 20 basketball player of all time. You know what I mean? Sitting there in his prime. I mean, one of the greatest seasons ever for him. And uh, you can't sell me on the future is
0: when that just happens. About the just money? Is it just about the money? Is it just about the money?
1: I don't know if it's just about the money. I think it's the fear factor that like, okay, so the dream scenario is they're competitive while the young guys develop and they never have to have the, we're going to be garbage and win 20 games four years in a row scenario. Right? Like, I do understand the allure of that. It's like, even if they're not contending for titles, Chase Center sold out every night because they want to watch Steph Curry. And then theoretically, at some point, Kuminga and Wiseman are stars who are lifting you too, right? It's just the reality of it, which is like, why would Steph Curry sign up for like spending his last years of his prime just like carrying a team to an eight seed while they spend all their resources developing 19-year-olds? Right.
0: Yeah, he said, uh, Joe Lacob said this, uh, I think that we can contend, if we can't, you should look at Joe Lacob, speaking in the third person, and Bob Myers, and Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins, and say, you weren't good enough. Shout out, not uh, throwing Steve Kerr under the bus in that accountability circle, but that's okay. Um, We're paying all that money you need to be good enough. Does Joe Lacob think that there's a one-to-one correlation between how much you pay someone and the uh, production that they're going to give you?
1: I mean, he is a VC guy, right? <laughs> well, I, I guess so. I mean, here's, here's one thing I will say. They do have the highest payroll in the NBA. The, the question should be, why do they have the highest payroll in the NBA with this roster? Right? Like, what are you, what are we getting for this, this highest payroll? Right. You know, what are we getting with Andrew Wiggins here? What, what, what You know, th- it's not a correlation of what's on the court. So to me, it Andrew feels Wiggins. And, yeah, that was funny insertion. I'm such not sure a why that
2: funny
0: name. thing. To me, it all started when they wanted to get something back for losing Kevin Durant. And they didn't want to get nothing back. So they took d right. on a long deal. And then it all just kind of spiraled from there. Now you yeah. have to trade his bad contract for another bad contract. So you're just playing like like whack-a-mole with terrible (laughs) contracts is like do everything that you can to get rid of them. Bob Meyer said this things are happening. This is pre-draft, which we probably should have been concerned about right then. Uh, Things are happening really fast right now. You used to have a three to four year window. We had that. That's not the case anymore. And now we have to think about the future.
2: Wow. I didn't even actually know those quotes were out there. Oh Sam, we know we gotta use those because that is
1: uh, <laughs> wow. That is um, now it's all about tempering expectations to but, me. I mean, this ooh, feels they are experts at that. Yes, yeah. This to me it's like you either take them at their face value or you think they're playing some sort of like 4D chess. Yeah, where they're just trying, they're just trying to make everyone believe that that's what they want to do. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I land on it. I go back and forth. It really you guys depends are on very
0: much. I feel like you guys are. I don't know. I don't know if diluted is the right word. You're just like so far into the bay. You want to believe that something's happening, but I don't think anything's happening, guys. I think this entire next season is going to be us just railing on the Warriors and how they're like, if they are 500 at the trade deadline, what happens?
2: Wow. I was, I was just going to say, I will, if I were a person that believes in the front office, I would say, wait until the trade deadline. For something to happen, because you're right. If they are 500, let's look at last season. Right, they didn't use the um, the disabled player exception, which they had for I believe nine million. They never used that. They never picked up uh, anybody else. They ran with they the had eight an annotation down rotation
1: for 20 for, for ridiculous. Yeah.
2: They could have picked up anyone: Austin Rivers, Dwayne Deadman, anybody, me, Sam, you just anybody they could have picked up. They never did it. They just went, they just went with eight guys. And that showed you that they were saying, yeah, we kind of don't care about the season. Yeah. We can make the playoffs, but end of the day, um, we're not going to win the championship. So we're going to punt. Now, if they do that this season, and you see that again at the trade deadline, one, I would be actually shocked, right? Two, if I were Steph, I would, uh, (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, it's deuces, would, right? It's like I'm yeah, out I of here. I would think
2: very, very hard. Yeah, if they told you again that yeah, we're kind of a second round team right now, we're not really going to try to get better with kind of the pieces that we have, I would be. Uh, yeah, you don't just punt because you're you think you're not going to win a championship. Like we saw Phoenix Suns in the in the in the NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns were not a top.
1: Three team all season. What about maybe not Mil- even a top four team? What about the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks like
0: going and getting I mean, PJ Tucker. Going and getting. Yeah. Um,
2: uh. I mean, they tra- traded three first yeah. for Drew Holiday. Also, though, like that, like the, the and then they had injuries too. But the point is, yeah, how did they even the, get there?
1: Yeah, I mean. It, they probably would have lost to Brooklyn if Kyrie doesn't get injured in the middle of that series based on how it was going at the, but you never know what's going to happen. You never know what happens. All you can do is like, put yourself in that situation. Warriors have lucked out from it and kind of had bad luck with it. Like in 16, where guys start getting hurt in the playoffs. Like all you can do is put yourself in a position and kind of, yeah, exactly. Well, 19's a little more tragic, but um, (laughs) yeah, all you can do is put yourself in that situation. It's kind of weird that their management's like, eh, We're like a five seed, what's the point? Eh, we're like a seven seed, what's the point? You know, if we're not gonna have the greatest team on earth, what's the point in even trying to go for it? Yeah,
2: like that's not how that's not how sports works. All championships count the same. That's that's the crazy part. It's it's like trading, it's like not trading for anyone outside of Bradley Beal, right? It's like we don't want Joe Ingalls. Like, that's the new rumor. We don't want Joe Ingo's. We only want to make a trade if it's Bradley Beal. Like, that's kind of the stuff where you're a little, I
0: don't know. I kind well, of isn't like that Joe very not- short? <laughs> isn't that very short-sighted, though, given that you see how important it is to have depth, to have Critical role players that fill, uh, you know, roles that other your stars don't fill to have an actual cohesive team and not just a, a squad full of stars. I mean, we see Team USA and how fucking garbage they look on the international team <laughs> and they've got 15 or nine all stars on that team. Right. So like you see the Clippers picking up, you know, Mark Marcus Morris, you know, Nick Batum and these guys get big minutes and actually contribute. Tory awesome. Craig contribute. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't feel like, uh, listen, I'm in panic mode for you guys. I just, <laughs> I don't feel the level of urgency from you. And it's starting to make
1: me concerned that I'm crazy. Don't worry. Signing Nicholas Batum back in the finals. Everything's good.
2: <laughs> I do. I do feel like a lot of, um, there are a lot of people out there that aren't warriors fans or cover the warriors that are more stressed out about the warriors. Um, and I think that says a lot. That says a lot where there are people outside of a warrior saying, what
1: the hell is going on over there?
0: It feels like, very uh, dysfunctional. What, what is
1: happening? Meanwhile, yeah, you, you talk to like average fans in the Bay Area and the vibe I've got is, yeah, what he said made sense. Yeah, we'll do that because they're dealing with so much goodwill because of the run they right. went on previously right. that it 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 isn't obvious to people who are around the Warriors or around the Bay Area that like, you might be in for a little bit of a rocky ride and dysfunction the way it is to like you on the other side of the country, quite frankly, 29 other teams, you know? Yeah.
2: yeah it's, it's, you get, you get that three title. Goodwill gets you. It probably will get the warriors until Steph retires in a couple of lean years. Um, we saw this. I'm a, I'm a San Francisco giants fan. Sam isn't, but Sam makes this comparison all the time. They'll get with goodwill until You're that best player, retires that run is over, and then a few years after that, and then it'll it'll expire. So maybe six, seven, eight years is is there'll probably be no panic. And
0: then, wow, (laughs) wow, that's that's, (laughs) tough. Francisco
2: fans are also different, Bay Area fans are also different than the softy market. It's
1: a little different than the softy Or if
0: Steph demands a trade, and then Draymond's gone, and then Clay's gone, and you have to gut uh, everything.
1: Well, that is the one wild card. If Steph actually takes a public position that's like antagonist. If he does what Aaron Rodgers did last week, right? I would be curious to see how that was received. Because as much as the fan base trusts ownership because of all the success they've had, when you have like probably the greatest player in franchise history, if he ever came out and said something like along the lines of what Aaron Rodgers said last week, I'm not so sure that, you know, Joe Lacob wouldn't get booed a second time. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, panic in the Bay. Let's move on. Uh, my boy, Tsunami Poppy. I would be very curious to know your opinion on where he goes, what happens with him and your reaction to him saying, uh, you know, he can't be put into a box and he thinks he's a perfect fit with uh, Greg Popovich and he Greg Popovich's the,
1: system. He is the best quote in the NBA because he, he reminds me of Michael Scott, where like, He just starts (laughs) sentences and does not know where he's going, and it's like uh, half the time he uses words where I'm not sure he knows the definition of the word Uh, he's using. Like, it's it's just these quotes are amazing, Um, and yeah, I do love the list. Is like, oh, you thought Steve Kerr was kind of like a difficult coach to play for, so you want to like you want to up the ante? You want you want like Spo or Pop? Like that's gonna fix it?
0: That was so wild to me. Do you think that they do a sign and trade Warriors?
1: Look, could try to.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the, yeah, right. I think the Warriors will try to, but it's kind of also up to Kelly Oubre to kind of say, I kind of want to help the Warriors out, which. To Do be you know. solid, yeah. yeah. If if you're if you're an Ubre and you kind of work... Through, let's let's think about what Ubre dealt with through the season, right? He he came in through the season. He slumped. I think he shot about two percent from three. Yeah, from he did. There. Was
1: asked to play out of position. Was asked was, to play out of position. Yeah. Um, then was moved to the bench. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr twice, like publicly, kind of was Played like, him. yeah, 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 just kind of. Yeah. I mean, he's not a starter, but we'd love to have him back. It's like, oh, he's, a, he's a
2: 25 year old kid right. that has an immense amount of talent. And honestly, Steve's right. He's not a starter. He's better off the bench. Right. But if yeah, he's a better, six-man, you six, want six, to keep the guy, you got to at least want to say the right stuff. So if you're Kelly Oubre, who, I mean, funny guy, but uh, <laughs> if I were him, I would say, hey, just give me 20 million with San Antonio.
1: I'll move on. My and you could, t- you could sense it with him all year. Like the contract year stress. Like, you'd see it with him when he'd miss a few shots in a row. You'd get that vibe. Like, you could just see in his mind, he's thinking, will I not get the contract I want if I can't hit a shot type of thing? Like, I, it's kind of stressful. But um, I do hope he goes to San Antonio because I, I would love to see uh, Ubre and Pop together.
0: That might make Pop retire midseason. That move, I oh, could see. All right, Becky, it's your turn. You you want the challenge? Here it is. Fucking tsunami. <laughs> Poppy,
1: teach him how to pass, please. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ! I mean, that's so wild. And it's not like the Warriors can't lie; they're very good at lying. So I don't know why Steve Kerr didn't just lie and say, "Oh, I love Kelly. He's great. He's a he's a good starter. We're just trying to figure out our rotation Steve, right now."
1: Steve's not good at lying. That's the problem. <laughs> He'll like <laughs> publicly, "Hey, we're not chasing wins." Remember yeah, that one? No, it's I like, do. Yeah. Why? Why would, why would you say that? Why? Why would that be a public statement you make? <laughs>
0: So Clay, let's talk about him. When's he gonna be back?
1: Ask Doctor Andy.
0: Nobody is nobody's <laughs> saying anything about him. Yeah, I, I know he, I got an update when he was. I think he was jumping or running or something. They got they, there was like a breaking news about it.
1: Bob Myers. He, yeah. Bob Myers did kind of say he doesn't think he'll be ready for the start of the season. So that's yeah. like the only thing we're really going off of. Like I wouldn't expect him in uniform on opening night. No, and and that's not.
2: I don't think that's a setback and I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just, it's a long recovery process from two ligament injuries. And I think even when he comes back, he's playing probably 15 minutes a game until February. And he'll probably be at about, you would hope 80% or so by the time the playoffs come around. But even then he's not playing 36 minutes a game. Like he usually does in the postseason, Right. Which is why. When you look at the quotes from Joe Lacobin and Bob Myers and Steve Kerr that say, you know, a lot of this hinges on Klay Thompson. It's not fair to Klay Thompson. You think he wanted to rupture his Achilles and tear his ACL? Like, it's not fair to say that this guy, you know, hinge if this guy's healthy. Like, he's not going to be healthy. He's not going to be 100%. Like, it's going to take him another year to get there. So I think that's where the quotes, it, it just doesn't make sense to Warriors fans, or at least to Sam and I, because... It's you can't expect Klay Thompson to be 2019 Klay Thompson, which was an awesome best player that he's ever been in his career. You can't, guy's gone.
0: And doesn't that, that doesn't that pressure sort of put? Uh, how would I put this? Him in an uncomfortable, vulnerable spot from a physical standpoint, where he could possibly get injured by being put into spots or being rushed back. Or
1: I mean, that's basically what happened with his Achilles, right? Like he injured it playing pickup and it wasn't team sanctioned pickup. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's, that's also clay. That's how he tore his ACL. He's He's the kind of guy who's like, Oh, it's not hurt that bad. I'll keep playing hard. Like he, it's why he's as good a player as he is and why fans adore him. Like he plays through everything. So I think they're trying to figure out how they can like effectively get him to, you know, both play while not ignoring the way his body feels and doing like normal maintenance stuff. So he doesn't re aggravate anything.
0: Prediction time, 82 games next season. How many warriors wins? You,
1: you got to ask me after free agency, this is unfair. Like right now I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at like Say Steph, you get Nick
0: Batum, you get Nick Batum.
1: That was 80, 80 and two. No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm going 48. I think they win 48. If I, I, because I, I do think Nick Batum actually signs with the Warriors, I do think Andre Iguodala does come back, and I do think there is a move that they do end up making for a veteran. Look, I'm 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 eating the I'm giving Joe Series D, Series E, whatever he wants, whatever he wants, I'm giving it to him.
1: I think they win 48, six, I think six seed
0: first round exit. No, uh, I think and
1: he's really just like you know, just. Completely filleting him, and then at the end of it, he's like, "All right, here's here's the check.
2: Here's what <laughs> <laughs> Joe gave me two thousand dollars this morning. Here's here's what I'm going with." No, I think that they end up being a kind of because if you look at the Western Conference, who, who who's in front of the Warriors? Oh, my like, God. I mean,
1: like, well, six, seven teams based. On no, but, but they're a
2: mess. Like, I'm assuming kind of like best case scenario for the Warriors here, right? I'm assuming Clay comes back and he's ready to play 20 minutes at some point here at the end of the season. Nick Batum's on the team. They get a couple other vet guys. Oh, my God. This is so bad. Pick. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here's my final part. Here's my final part. Kawhi's out for the season. Jamal Murray's out for half the season. Worse, he's, he's out for the whole year. Whole oh, year, yeah. even worse, a whole year. Yeah. Right. So those are two top top teams. The Phoenix Suns, uh, I think they're kind of a fluke. And then you got oh the Lakers. God. Russell Westbrook. What are we doing there, guys? Come on. What are we doing there? They. Need, I could be. Mavs? I could be the best. What shooter the on Mavs? That team. the Mavs? Mavs are
1: solid, but they're the are also not a roster? real. They're also not a real post other than Luki. Like.
0: I mean, you're not a real postseason team either. <sighs> Right
2: this it's moment. the Warriors, the Mavs this the so Miami, bad.
1: Top three teams in the West. The Blazers might be gone. Oh they might God. be gone from that team. Yep. <laughs> my my short answer before we see the end of free agency is they're in that mix where Portland and Dallas is where you're not sure if they're contenders or not. They're just you know somewhere between forty two and fifty two wins, somewhere in that in that range, um, which is time. like. Probably, you know, better than anyone else. It's infuriating to watch one great player drag you to kind of not being contender, but also not bottoming out ever. Yeah, that's kind of where they're sitting.
0: That's 30 years of being a Portland Trailblazer fan. Never really fully committing to the destruction and a lottery pick. So, I mean, good luck with that. Um, Lastly, before (laughs) I let you run, um, tell me what it's like to see Kevin Durant publicly destroy you on Twitter, Andy. (laughs) Please, like, give me through the run of the emotions of that.
2: I did. uh, Before I sent the tweet, I did.
0: Can I read the tweet really fast? Yes, I'm going to read the tweet. Yeah, because people want to
1: know. You made that up, fam, like out of thin air. So,
0: (laughs) someone says, "Dudes from the Bay, it'll be slightly than KD treatment." That was in reference to Dame, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. All right. So, I think people were wanting to know how Dame would be treated if he went to the Warriors. And Andy, quote, tweeted that and said, question mark, the treatment is not from Warriors fans. LOL. It's from the media. KD is a different story. He had it in his head. Golden State fans had it out for him. Dot, dot, dot. Still to this day, SMH. And then KD quickly uh, responded to that tweet and said, you made this up, fam. Dot, dot, dot. Like out of thin air. And then uh, you responded to that tweet by saying, (laughs) very funny. My bad. Steve Kerr took my phone, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Run me through the emotions of that.
2: (laughs) I didn't actually want to send the tweet out because I knew the response it would get, not thinking it would actually be from Katie. So I sent to Sam and say, I don't know. Should I send this out? Sam didn't respond, probably actually working. So I said, ah, screw it. I'm in a good mood. It's a Friday afternoon. So I shoot it out. Katie responds and I go, God. I wasn't mad that he responded. I just was annoyed that my mentions were going to be in hell for 24 hours. Um, that, that was my concern. The funny part of it is KD, KD just says stuff off the record, on the record, via DMs, on podcasts. He will just say stuff. And then two days later, he will just totally contradict himself. And I think that's the best part of Kevin Durant. These last few years is that I think Katie just doesn't care what people think anymore. Katie wasn't mad at me. I think Katie just saw my tweet and he just said, yeah, I'm just going to say this guy's making stuff up because because this tweet just doesn't make any sense to me. The crazy part is he spends so much time ever since he's not been a warrior whining about how he was treated as a warrior and Steph. that it's ironic that he's mad at me for that tweet. So I think it's, it's funny. I think KD is the best social media person that we've got in the NBA. And then he spends three hours time on Twitter spaces, arguing with people with 30 followers. There is no other person like Kevin Durant. And my range of emotions is that I was slightly annoyed. And then I became very happy knowing that Kevin Durant, he's just like us three. He is just like us. He is the best.
0: See, just if it was online, if it was me, my heart, because I go through this at work all the time where, you know, you get thrown into controversy. And you're like, oh, man, what's this about to be? And you just feel that tightness in your chest. You didn't feel any of that.
2: No, I also I, I spent a lot of time covering Katie and, and we were in the locker room together a little bit. We weren't friends. You want like, hey Andy, what's that? one dapping me up? Obviously, but uh, but he, <laughs> he, obviously not. But uh, but I think uh, I used to be a lot more professional back in the day, so I think he he kind of looked at my tweets and was. Eh. It's Andy again. No, I wasn't. I wasn't too. I wasn't too concerned because I don't think there's any OO that KD has for for anyone. I think what's interesting is I think sometimes you see the stuff that Dame says and it feels like, oh, he seems like he's taking that kind of personal when he's on social media. To me, KD I think is trolling. He's trolling as much as I'm trolling. That's how I'll end it. He's trolling as much as I'm trolling. And I think as a person that trolls, I got to appreciate that.
1: I got to give it up to him. It makes me happy. You got beat at your own game. Got beat you at your got, own game. You got You got to respect it. It's like, got gotta respect just, it. it's like how KD out super team LeBron. Yeah. You know, just got to respect it, go. man. Yeah. You got to tip your cap, which LeBron has to do at some point here. But, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> my prediction is 30, 38 wins for the oh, Warriors. Oh,
1: come on. Um, oh, you'll oh,
0: decide to punt at the deadline. Nothing will happen. We will be back though. Uh, we will definitely have talks again because I promise you right now it is what? August 2nd. Yep. Mm. Free agency day. Uh, And nothing I think of note will happen for the Warriors in the near future. So Mm. it's going to be panic mode, in my opinion, for the rest of the season and probably into the next (laughs) season after that. You might be a lottery team again. Fuck it. Who knows? Um, But we (laughs) will definitely...
1: Super team of 19-year-olds. Yeah. Let's go. Just
0: a bunch of guys with wingspans. We love them, as you know. Uh, So I'm going to have you guys back. We'll be talking about the Warriors all season. (laughs) Uh, I appreciate you guys finding the time early, squirrely on a Monday morning on the West Coast. Uh, That's all the time that we have for the This League podcast interview with Andy Lou, Shohei Otani, Stan account, Sam Esfendiari. Uh, <laughs> you can you can find them. They also are the hosts of the Light Years podcast on Spotify, on Blue Wire Pods, on Apple Podcasts. They also have a TikTok account. Uh, so they're they're <laughs> was really, created this morning. They're literally just getting into the young kid game. So follow them on that. Thank you guys <laughs> for joining me. Uh, we'll talk more on the DMs.
3: The bigger they come, the hotter they fall, it's time to risk it all. To risk it just to get a biscuit, biscuit. How many licks does it take to lick it? Ooh. She wanna lick a trapper, but she already licked the rapper. Oh my, oh my, so fly, so fly. 3-6, Mafia, I stay fly, I stay fly. Quality just to get by, I want it all. Now a piece of the pie, everybody. Everybody And we keep all of the receipts We ain't good We living good We done made it up out the hood Gimme that, gimme that, gimme that, gimme that, gimme that, gimme that I want this and that What you mean I?